Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim, and I am the lead pastor at Memorial Baptist Church, Stratford, Ontario. And my name is Marshall, and I'm the associate pastor at Memorial Baptist Church. And I, I just cut off Marshall in the midst of asking a question <laughs> to start the podcast. Yeah. Because we just need to talk about it on air. That's fair. Yeah. It, this, this is the thing. Sometimes I don't think anybody lo- brings us up just to be like, Hey, let's listen to the comedy hour. <laughs> right. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, right. But people yeah. do talk about like the back and forth. And sometimes I feel like if we over prep, mm. we lose the uh, the rawness. That's of it true. All. Sometimes our our best conversation happens before we hit the record button. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so <laughs> we have to be careful of that. That's true. Yeah. 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 Today we do the impossible. <laughs> I call it the impossible because I was talking with Lindsay this morning about what we were going to be podcasting, and she says it's impossible. And I said, ask me again at the end of the day. Mm. And she said, well, it's impossible to do it well. All things are possible with God. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a good opportunity to touch base with what we're here for. That's Okay, and what is that? We are not here to be the resource that you go to to understand all of Scripture. Mm. We are here to encourage people to be in the Word and to finish out their read through the Bible in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Chronologically. Yeah. If you want to do deep dives on everything, we can point you to some good commentaries. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, we this isn't a cop-out. We, we talked about this at the very beginning of the year on why we were going to do a read through the Bible in the year program. A mm-hmm. lot of people look at these and they're like, well, it's like this personal accomplishment. It's a pride thing. And and so I'm not going to do it. It's, it's none of that. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I guess you can make it. We can make anything pride. It could be. <laughs> the, human, the human heart is skilled at turning all things to pride. That's true. Uh, the, the purpose is we do deep dives all the time, mm. right? I, I think we've spent like the last month and a half on Matthew 9. That's true. Right? And so that's just how Bible studies and books and sermons go. Mm-hmm. At some point in our Christian journey, hopefully sooner rather than later, mm. we are able to back up and understand the whole the whole flow of scripture mm-hmm. in uh, from from the beginning to the end in such a way that we are able to receive it as a whole mm. the only way to do that is to read it quickly that's true yeah. if you don't go at it fast if you break it down and go super slow with it and study it all as you go then by the time you get to point J, You've forgotten B, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so the purpose of this is to fly through. Mm-hmm. And so is it going to feel it's in some places where you're like, whoa, we, we went through that way too quickly? Sure. But there is an abundance of resource mm-hmm. on, on zeroing in. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to be able to say, hey, now that we've taken the big picture view, we have a better idea how to interpret those individual things. Because we can say, yeah, but here it says, and here it says, and we've got to harmonize all of this, right? So when when Paul throws out, a, for example, this week, right? James, a few weeks back, told us, don't, don't go around saying, tomorrow I will, or next year I will, mm-hmm. right? And then Paul ends Romans by saying, I'm going to Spain, and I'm going to stop and see you on the way. Mm-hmm. 
is Paul wrong? <laughs> no, in it, we understand that James is talking about a heart of arrogance that's doing these things. But mm-hmm. Paul says, we still make plans. Right. We still have plans to, to do things. Right. Right. He acknowledges at the beginning of the book that the Holy Spirit has deterred him. Mm-hmm. Why, do we ha- why are we able to reconcile those things so easily? Because we've blown through the scripture quickly, and in it, we better understand the heart of God and the progress of revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, we have a, the benefit of having all these scriptures. I mean, we, we have an advantage over some of the people who are living through um, these times that we're reading about because we actually have Genesis to Revelation in our hands, right? And so we can see the 30,000-foot view, and we can work through it and, and see how they all, all the pieces fit together. Right. So with that being said— And with three weeks left to go, oh, man. if you need us to encourage you to finish this reading plan— oh, We're so close. You're there. Yeah. You're there, guys. We're so close. Knock it out. Yeah. So what's the force this week, Tim? You know what? We had different ideas on this. We did. Uh, not conflicting ideas, but just different things that stood out to us. Mm-hmm. For me, it was Paul the discipler, mm. right? In With the end of Acts, we see Paul's story, which we also lets us see Paul's personality. A little bit, yeah. Paul's a funny guy. He is. And he's quick on his feet. Um, and then, and, But then in it, we also see the heart of a discipler regardless of all the madness that's going on around him and in his life, he's still reaching out and discipling, and that's what all these epistles are for. And I think reading Paul's epistles inside of his narrative, I mean, we, we know we have, oh, those are the prison epistles, mm. right? But when we read them as we're reading the story of his imprisonment, it stands out a little bit more of like, this guy's just relentless yeah, in his desire to see people know Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we were like, oh, of course, you know, Timothy and Titus, these are some people that he raised up and he calls them sons in the faith, whatever. But when you see, like when you're reading all of these things together and you see like how many times he mentions them in letters here and there and that sort of thing, you just understand like they were there in it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Paul, the discipler. Yeah, that's great. And you? Uh, for me, one of the things, one of the themes that kind of popped up in all the epistles, and maybe to a lesser degree, even in the chapters of Acts we're going to go through, uh, it was just this call to the unity of the body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not just to get along, but that's definitely a big part of it, uh, to live in harmony with one another, but also just the unity that we share, Jew and Gentile, redeemed by Christ, right? right. That that the way the church is to live in that community um and the way that they have been brought into the, that community is this kind of singular thing. Like we are all united in Christ, and so um, we're gonna we're gonna see in a, a few spots kind of how he unpacks that. But this idea of we're all in this together, um, we're all part of one body, we're all saved um, through one gospel, one faith. Um, that that really stood out to me. So let's unpack. Okay, so we start with Romans 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah. The remnant of Israel. Yeah, and in this we have we have some interesting conversation about what it means to be a for God's promise to be a promise to the Jews 
and what it means for it to be a promise to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And we, we've said we are not Zionists. Mm-hmm. We don't believe that Israel is the end all. And yet the Bible still continues to talk about Israel and will mm-hmm. continue to talk about Israel. Yeah. And so, so what can happen here is people take on these, these ideas that things have to be binary. Either it's through Israel or it's not, mm. right? And Paul does an awesome job here with it, I mean, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. I always feel weird when I compliment God on his ability to express his own revelation. <laughs> but this, this picture of the tree mm. is just a fantastic way to wrap our heads around this, right? And so, so what he says is, all of this began, progressive revelation, what we've been talking about since January. Mm-hmm. All of the progress of revelation began with God choosing Abraham and planting a seed. And from that grew a tree. Along the way, because of their sin, some of the branches died, fell off, or were cut off. Mm-hmm. Yet, this is God's tree, and what God intends to come will come to pass. And so, as there were groups, individuals, that needed to be removed from the tree because of their sin, God grafted in Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so, Jews are not to think of themselves as higher than Gentile believers, mm-hmm. because Gentile believers are producing the same fruit, they are part of the same tree, mm-hmm. and they are there because of the failures of other Jews. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Gentiles, which has early on in the church was really a problem, are not to despise the Jews because that is the root of the tree that holds them up. Right. And so when Christians become anti-Semitic, to be like, this is the problem with all Jews, Mm -hmm. or uh, uh, to talk about Jewish failure in such a way as to to see it as unredeemable, Mm. then what they're doing is they are a grafted-on branch Mm -hmm. who has cut their own trunk. Right. (laughs) You can't survive that way. Mm -hmm. You don't exist without it. Mm -hmm. And so this is Paul's way of saying... Is it about the Jews or is it about the Greeks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Is it about Israel or is it about the church? Yes. Yeah. Not that we are two groups with two different plans, but that there is a singular plan that is uh, rooted in Judaism mm-hmm. and continues mm-hmm. predominantly numerically through Gentiles, but is still dependent mm. and interwoven with those Jews who would believe Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. Israel is not replaced. The true Israel, the the remnant that is mm-hmm. preserved, that has been called out by God, um, continues with those Gentiles being brought in. Right. One tree, one plan. One brought pe- in. One people. Right. One people. One people. Yeah. Not not that you would look at them and you would be, like like sometimes you get these really cool plants where you have like, this tree is like growing half apples and half oranges, <laughs> but because of the way he was grafted, 
they're both olive trees. Right. They're yeah. both both producing olives, a similar fruit. Uh, this is not some funky hybrid two things going on in one tree. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then, after after that discussion, um, we get into Romans twelve, and there's a a bit of a practical shift because for the majority of Romans, it's been kind of this theological discourse, right, on salvation and sin and all, how all that plays together. Um, but there's a practical shef- shift in Romans 12 where there's a very famous passage about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice and not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewal of our mind. Um, and so what we're going to see for the majority of the, the rest of Romans is a little bit more application from Paul. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he, he says some pretty, I mean, some pretty good things here. One of the, one of the first things he kind of gets into is just don't think too highly of yourself. Right. Sure. Um, but he also counterbalances that by saying, look, you've been given gifts for a purpose. Use them faithfully. Right. So, so don't, don't err on the side of I am better than everyone else, but don't, also fall into the idea that I have nothing to offer to the people of God. Right. And sometimes we instruct this, right? Mm. We're like, any, anyone that come, wants to come along, like if you if you came out of a sermon and said, that was a good one. I felt mm. good about that. Mm. People would be like, oh, Marshall, be, be careful of pride. Mm-hmm. Right? Or people <laughs> like, why do you enjoy preaching? Yeah. Because it's something that God's gifted me with and I think I'm good at it. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, I don't know about you. <laughs> right? Paul's saying, Paul's saying, listen, you, you don't have to go around all the time being like, I am worse than nothing. Mm. I am worse than nothing. And everything that I do is filthy rags. Mm-hmm. Paul's saying, no. No, I mean, I mean, sure, you don't want to walk around in, in arrogance, believing all of this is about you, and that you've put yourself in this situation, and that what the world needs is Jesus, but what they really need is you. <laughs> That's 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 a wrong way to come from it, and, sure. and that is definitely something that people need to get called out for. Mm-hmm. But there is space for us to just more, it's, and it's just the natural way to be. I, I don't understand why we have to fight against this nature so much to be like, hey, you know what? God has gifted me with things that mm-hmm. I am good at. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that, and I'm going to do those things that I'm good at. Yeah. Praise be to God. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> You don't have to crawl under a table every time someone compliments. You. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I I get that. I get that. Yeah, so he talks about the marks of the true Christian, essentially just letting let love be genuine verse 9 there in uh, mm-hmm. Romans 12, right? Just look, here here are some things that you ought to be doing. These these are the marks of a true Christian. This is what this is what living this Christian life is going to look like as it's lived out. Um but moving from there, Romans 13, the discussion about submission to authorities. And one of the things I think we really need to keep in mind as we read this is the context in which it was written. Oh, yeah. Roman Empire. Yeah. The authorities were far less uh, moral and godly <laughs> than, than the ones we have today. I, I, I try not to be political. This is the worst place to get political, but I'm going to make—I just can't help but I got to say Uh-oh. one thing. Sorry, if this is if this is a, a touchy subject, you might just want to mute for a second. <laughs> Can you imagine us meeting with Paul today and being like, but Doug Ford wants us to wear a mask? 
And and so you don't. I know that you meant you you were pointing out to us that Jesus says submit to the authorities, and so you were saying submit to Nero. Mm-hmm. But they want us to wear masks. And Paul would be like, my friends were used as torches to right. light the streets of Rome. Right. Their bodies dipped in oil and used as torches to light the streets of Rome. Mm-hmm. Put on your mask. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's no, that's yeah, you can turn the volume back up. No, again. that's yeah. No, I, I think we just have to we have to remember that. Right. Because we're always looking for uh, a way out. Like what is where can we where can we get out of this? teaching like wh- where's the loophole right. that we can find right and and those things do exist only insofar as that that government authority is calling us to do something that is against the authority of god what he's called us to do right but there's there's no real reference in scripture to whether or not we should or whether whether it's wrong to abide by health regulations given by a government so we don't really have an excuse to not submit to the authority in that. Yeah, and, and, and I'm feeling spicy today. I know it's so. Fine. Here's do another. It. Here's another hot do take. Do it. Do it. We we so often want to take submission and say, well, submit so long as you agree with what. It, we won't say it out loud, but this is what we really mean. Submit so long as you agree with what you're being asked to do. Mm. You cannot submit with some to someone that you agree with. Mm. You can only submit to someone you disagree with. Hmm. Yes. Selah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, there's thanks not, for listening. There's, there's, not, uh, <laughs> there's not a lot more to be said on that, that, that issue, yeah. Um, also, mm. we're at the 18-minute mark. We, gotta, we still have we Romans, Acts, Colossians, and Philemon. And Ephesians. And Ephesians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's keep Buckle going. up, Buttercup. This okay. is going to get crazy. Uh, R- Romans 14, right? The discussion about, okay, abstaining from food or drink or observing or not absor- observing holy days. That that whole conversation uh, was causing divisions in the church. And essentially what Paul is saying is like, honor the convictions of other people, even if you don't have the same ones. On these, on these like, these matters that are that are unclear right some people are like you know what i just a great one in our in our own church context is one is like you know i'm just i i feel wrong about drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. right and other people don't feel like that's a problem at all um don't belittle the person who has the issue and don't vilify the person who doesn't have that issue right because there is an element of christian freedom there right right? and so we we understand clearly drunkenness is a sin Mm mm-hmm Stay away from that. Yeah. Right? Uh, but we also understand that legalism is wrong. Yeah. So stay and, away from that. <laughs> and so so what I would say is this. If you have a personal conviction that to do or not do anything is what God is calling you to for an act of worship, mm-hmm. you should follow that. Yeah. Even if it's not played out in Scripture entirely. If, if you believe that that is the way that you should, it's abstaining from alcohol is the way that you should worship God, mm-hmm. wearing a suit to church, any any number of things, not going out to eat on a Sunday, mm-hmm. any number of things that are extra biblical, but are a conviction of worship, you should obey those according to what Paul is teaching here. Mm-hmm. 
you should also not impose those convictions on other people. Yeah. God might not be dealing with them in that way. Yeah. Uh, and and to do such would be legalism. Mm-hmm. Now he does from there transition into this this idea of not causing others to stumble. Right. So the flip side of that is, you, you have someone that you know is struggling this way. Mm-hmm. You don't just show up and throw it in their face. Yeah. You limit you you willingly limit your own freedom for the benefit of others. You know you are free to partake of this or to do that. But you choose not to do that in particular context in order to not put up a stumbling block for your brother. Right. Because we're all in this together. And why would you want to make things more difficult for the people around you? Right. So the what is truth of the gospel is concrete. Yeah, sure. And course. universal. Mm-hmm. How that is lived in the individual life is going to vary somewhat. Mm-hmm person to person. Do what God has convicted you to do and respectfully leave your brother alone unless what they're doing is sin. Right. Full on sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul says, I hope to see you soon. We got to get to Colossians. Pretty much, yeah. You want to you do one more thing in Romans? You're looking at me like I, I pushed you off the no, ledge. No, and, the doxology at the very end is just a beautiful thing worth noting. But, sure uh, is. But that's, yeah, other than that, Paul's just essentially talking about his role and his purpose as being the apostle to the Gentiles. And we've already heard him talk about that a lot. He likes to, he likes to bring that up. Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Okay. So next, do we want to do Acts or do we want to do Colossians or what do you want to do? We can do Acts. Okay. Acts Acts is next in the reading, in the weekly reading. Okay, sure. So Paul, we kind of pick up, Paul is journeying through Greece and he's got a bit of a crew with him. Yeah. A lot of times I, I had kind of pictured Paul just kind of being this like lonely wanderer, but he's actually got like a a group. An of, entourage. An entourage. Yeah, that's right. Um, Paul and his peeps. Yeah, Paul and his peeps. Uh, there's a really h- hilarious story, but I think I'm going to keep it for my highlight, if that's okay. Give me a, give me a rough thing so I don't talk about it right now. Uh, it involves falling out of a window. Okay, so so this is what this is the funny thing that I like about Paul, in his story. Besides that, because that is fantastic, uh, the thing that I love is is how Paul understands he's going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. God comes to him and says, "You need to go, at least in spirit. You need to go back to Jerusalem." He knows that this is a problem. Yeah, and so he goes back. Mm. A massive moment in Ephesians twenty. When he meets with the elders from Ephesus, Acts twenty, but yeah, or Acts twenty, sorry, yep. He meets from the elders uh, in Ephesus and says, "I just wanted to say goodbye to you guys," mm-hmm. and they're like, "Don't do it." Mm-hmm. Did Did God come to you in a Damascus vision and say, "Go"? No, this is just a conviction you feel. Let me talk you out of it. And mm-hmm. he says, "No," but he he's also able to say to them, "Remember the way that I loved you, and remember the truth that I taught you all along, mm-hmm. and act accordingly." Mm-hmm. And then he has. The strength to say wolves will come up even amongst you, mm-hmm. right? Beware of those things. So he's just, one, that he has set himself up in such a way as to be able to say, this is who I've been to you, and I hope that that's something that will carry you on in your faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After he gets there and we have all of this rigmarole of of trials and mistrials and all this kind of stuff, mm. Paul lets things go. To the point where he is right on the brink of demise, mm. and then he drops the hammer. 
right? So he allows himself to be bound in chains, potentially beaten, mm-hmm. and then he looks at the guards right before they beat him and be like, FYI, I'm a Roman citizen. <laughs> he plays that card. Eh? Why, why not play that card earlier, right? He mm-hmm. waits right to the end. He's like, hey, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is it lawful to do this to a Roman citizen? Also, the guards freak out. They're like, what did, why didn't you mention this, right? <laughs> and, you know, the, and the one guard's like, I purchased this, and it's really expensive. How on earth did you afford this? And he's like, I was born a Roman citizen. <laughs> and then they really trip, yeah, right? Yeah. And then the same thing happens when the Pharisees and the Sadducees are putting him on trial. Mm-hmm. And he's like, guys, listen, I'm only here because of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. What you have to get out of that <laughs> is that... This is the hottest topic mm-hmm. between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yep. If you want to throw it back into what would have been a couple of months ago, this is this is a Trump Biden thing, right? Oh yeah, right. Like you throw it out there, and all of a sudden, these guys that were in unity against him mm-hmm. are going. He's misunderstanding the resurrection. No, he's saying that there's a resurrection at all. Well, we know that there's... And all of a sudden, they're so consumed with each other that Paul just walks off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. I know. And I think there's a certain element in which, like, as all of this is playing out, and Paul's going to be... Already has been is going to continue to be on some pretty big stages. Mm -hmm. I think he's like, you know what? The spectacle, the hype, could be beneficial for the gospel. Sure. Right? Like... I get an opportunity to speak to the governor. I get an opportunity to speak to the king, to the council. Yeah, I'll take that. Philippians chapter one is all about this, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there's a plot to kill Paul, which is pretty intense. They don't want to, they say, we're not going to eat or drink until he's dead. <laughs> right. You got to work fast. Because here's the thing. I was thinking this. I was like, okay, food, you can go, you can go weeks without food, but you're going to be feeling it after a few days. Mm-hmm. Water, you got a very limited amount of time. Right. Like, and here's the thing, like, if you don't get them in the first day, the first two days, are you even going to be strong enough to kill them anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All these, like, guys who are just, like, on the brink of death are trying to stab them, and Paul's just like, I don't, that's just what the picture I got in my mind. Anyways, doesn't end up happening, um, because Paul's escorted by essentially a small army. Right. Like, literally, like, hundreds of armed soldiers. Can you imagine? Like he's just like His walking down escort. the road. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah. police escort, uh, a Roman uh, police escort. Yeah, seriously. And uh, he goes to Felix, who hears him out, and then he then he plays another card because every all this is just taking so long. Yeah, he's been waiting, and then you know one governor dies, and another one comes, and this whole thing, and then Paul just is like, you know what, I'm going to appeal to Caesar, which he doesn't have to do. No, he does not. They were, the locals were the local authorities were willing to let him go and declare him innocent, and count the whole thing gone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but since he appealed to Caesar, he has to go to Caesar now. Mm-hmm. So he's choosing to stay in chains. Mm-hmm. And now we got to send him. So they put him on a boat. Some crazy stuff happens on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, They're shipwrecked. First, first they think he's cursed. That's true. Then yeah. they think he's God. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, I'm somewhere in between those two. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And then, <laughs> right. and then it all it all sort of culminates then with with more trial, mm-hmm. Acts twenty eight, mm-hmm. the greatest name for any Christian organization ever. Acts twenty nine, yeah, that that's a good name. When the Acts twenty nine church planting group 
gets to the end of Acts 28 and they say, and we are the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. When they named themselves Acts 29, I feel like every Christian organization in the world went, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was the one. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah, one of the, one of the last things Paul says, um, actually it might be the last thing he says in the book of Acts, is, therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, they will listen. Right. Like, and history has proven that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Praise God for that. Now Colossians. Now Colossians. Colossians. I love Colossians. I do too. Colossians chapter one, mm. especially. The preeminence of Christ. I mean, I really, I really wrestle. Our our church got a, a piece of mail. Uh, Watchtower magazine. That's so funny. Which me. was just weird. It was addressed to Memorial Baptist Church. And there's a little letter enclosed like, hey, I'm a local guy and would love to chat with you. I'm really tempted sure. to just hit him up. I've done it. I've done that before. I've done it before, but it was a long time the ago. The guy's name was Andrew. He used to come over to my office all the time in Toronto. We would uh, hang out. Oh, nice. Multiple times. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they deal with First Colossians like 15 down to like 2021 in that area like he's the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible like he's a before all things and in him all things hold together like this is not this is not a, a really great moral teacher they would they would argue that he's uh, representatively that way. Mm. Um, and, and they would argue it, it points out he's a created being, although that's not what's being said. The firstborn is a title right. of like authority. Right. And so they would call it preeminence, mm. um, and not chronological, right? He's not always been, but, um, yeah. And they would say, they would say deistic, mm. although not Trinitarian Godhead, right? So all, they would say God-like. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. <laughs> so that gets that gets explained by saying, you've seen my dad. We're so much alike mm-hmm. that if you've seen me, you basically know my dad because we have the same quirks. Yeah. Lame. It, it is. <laughs> it, it's weak. So after establishing that, he talks about his struggle of love for the church. And he really wants to drive home the fact that they have been made alive. Because Christ is who he is and has done what he has done, they are they were dead and now they are alive in Christ. Right. And, and the thing that I, I love about this is not only is it through him mm. that all things are created, for him, mm-hmm. right? That'll change your perspective because there, it's so easy for us to get into this place where we're like, oh, well, I, I'm worshiping God. He's probably eternally grateful <laughs> that he has my obedience, mm-hmm. right? Like I probably make his day, <laughs> right? Um, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, Osteen's wife was famously had that moment about four years ago where she said, uh, the thing that makes God happy is just to make you happy. And so 
when we worship God, what we're really doing is worshiping ourselves and lifting ourselves up because the happier we can make ourselves, the happier God is because he just loves to see us happy. Um, it's easy to get into that mindset because we are so self-focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Paul tells the church of Colossae, no, mm-hmm. he created us mm-hmm. for himself, yeah, for his own good pleasure. Mm-hmm. Our life is not, my life's not about me. My life's about him, mm. and my life is about his pleasure, mm-hmm. um, not my own. So, yeah. Uh, then there's a bit of a, a bit of a callback, almost to what we were chatting about in uh, Romans 14, just about this whole again this idea of questions of food and drink and festivals and Sabbaths and all these things. Don't let people deceive you, and don't let people disqualify you for your varying convictions on these matters that are unclear. Right. Right. And and there's a, a really interesting statement uh, about plausible arguments, right? Mm. I'm writing all of these things so that you won't be dragged away with plausible arguments. That's mm. chapter two, verse four. Mm-hmm. This is where we were talking earlier about your paper, Right where you have to talk about, write a paper on on what is the greatest uh, struggle in the church and what is the cure. Mm -hmm. That's like volumes. volumes. (laughs) But but one of the greatest issues, the thing that we both kind of agreed with was biblical illiteracy, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why we've made this podcast push Mm -hmm. to make people aware of their Bible. Mm-hmm. and familiar with their Bibles, because when we're not, plausible arguments creep in. Mm-hmm. The reason the Jehovah's Witness exist mm-hmm. is because of plausible arguments. Yeah, When someone can say, well, it says here this, what do you say to that? Mm-hmm. And people who don't know their Bibles go, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, your pastor's never told you anything about that before because he doesn't want you to know it's there. Oh. Mm. And now all of a sudden we have a plausible argument where when we know our scripture from from front to back, we're familiar with the whole of scripture mm-hmm. regularly in the teaching. We can say, I hear you. And in isolation, you can make it say that. But we also know that the whole of scripture tells us this. Yeah. Right. And just because you're making a plausible point doesn't mean that it's a correct point. Right. Right. right? And, and that is that is why we have to be vigilant in our biblical literacy mm-hmm. and in our theology. Yeah. Learn how to ask questions of theology mm-hmm. and answer those questions. We should spend a year doing that. <laughs> Maybe we will. Maybe. <laughs> so Paul Paul really wants the church to move away from the things of the past, right? The sexual immorality, the impurity and covetousness and all of those things. And put on the new self, right? Become, like, like walk as the new creation that you are, right? Right? Like, that's, it's, it's really, it's really important. And, and this involves, you know, seeking things that are from above and, and, and rejecting the, the kind of these worldly distractions and passions that can get us so, so mixed up. Um, because we have to be united and on mission together, right? And, and there's so many things that can, um, just derail us from from that calling. And so he, he he really hammers that home in in chapter three. He talks a little bit about Christian households. Um, 
that's kind of laid out a little bit more in Ephesians, so maybe we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, but yeah, and then he kind of greets everybody, says, see you later. And that's that. Off to Ephesus. Philemon. Philemon? Is Philemon. My, my tablet is not showing me. It, it's just showing me the days. It's not showing me the reading. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I'll keep us on track. Philemon. I got to be good for something around here. Philemon. Okay, so story of Philemon is essentially this. There's a guy named Onesimus. Right. He's a slave. Yeah. And he was working for a Christian man. Right. He stole from him mm-hmm. and ran away. Mm-hmm. And just so happens, after he ran away, he bumps into Paul. Right. And Paul converts him. And then Paul's like, I'm going to send him back. Even right. though I love this guy and he's very useful for me, I'm going to send him back. I'm going to send him with this letter. And there's an interesting whole thing, play on words, because Onesimus means useful. And Paul's like, formerly he was useless to you, but now he's indeed useful to both you and me. And he essentially just wants Philemon, who is the the man that this slave ran away from, to receive him back, but not merely as a servant, but as a brother in Christ. What an amazing gospel metaphor. Mm. Mm, yeah. You know, this reminds one time, so when I was... When I was in my late teens, maybe 20 years old, uh, I was youth pastor at this church in uh, southern Arkansas, mm. El Dorado, mm. East Main Baptist Church. Shout out. <laughs> because they all listen. Do they? No. Okay. <laughs> they they wouldn't know my name if you said it, I'm oh, sure. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I, I was youth pastor there, and it turned out that one of our deacons owned a guitar shop. Oh, cool. So you know we got along. Actually, that's how I got the job. <laughs> I was I just happened to be wandering around the guitar shop, heard him talking about it, and I was like, hey, I'd be interested. Uh, and so I interviewed. And so on Saturdays, I would go over and just hang out at the guitar shop, mm. playing the different guitars, amps, having conversations with other people, that sort of thing. Um, it, was, it was wonderful. Mm. And one day, I'm in there just sort of hanging out, this guy walks in, and he says, uh, I need to speak to the owners. And so guy walks over, and he says, yeah, what can I do for you? And he said, I need to give you this. It's 10 bucks." And he says, okay. And the guy said, when I was doing the bar circuit, money was tight. I stole two straight two." packs of strings from you mm. maybe 12 years ago but since then Christ has changed my life mm. and I've spent the last year going back to all the places that I wronged at any level hmm. so that I could tell them that I'm sorry pay them back mm-hmm. and tell them about Jesus <laughs> And the guy had driven in from Texas, which is like five hours. Wow. And and at that point, right, like the guy, I wish I could think of his name, but he's just like, just keep your money, man. Mm. Right. And he's like, no, 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 no. I like that. Your believer is great. Uh, That we're we're brothers is great. That you forgive me is great. Um, But I want you to have the 10 bucks. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's so cool. That's a very, to me, that's a very Philemon kind of mm-hmm. a thing, right? I like it. I like it. Yeah, so it's really just about, I mean, the book of Philemon is really about 
the restoring of relationships that can occur through the gospel and, and how we are to, to handle sometimes these things that are, you know, painful things that have been, you know, when people have wronged us, I like how Paul is just like, look, if the guy owes anything, just charge it to put it on my tab. Right. And we'll deal with it later. Yeah. And I I think what you learn from this is it's important not just to regret things that went wrong in the past, Mm -hmm. but to reach out to correct those Mm -hmm. because there's gospel work to be done in that. Yeah. There's, those are opportunities. Yeah. Paul's like, Paul's like, look, this Onesimus guy could be useful. I mean, he's helping me out right here, but I think it's better that he goes home. Yeah. I think it's better that he, he comes back and looks you in the eye and you guys can sort this out. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one, know who you are in Christ Mm -hmm. and live accordingly. Yeah. It's a great summary of, of it. it. It's not, it's not a charge of, get your act together because you're a Christian. Mm. It's a charge of understand who you are Mm -hmm. because of the work of Christ Mm -hmm. and live free from guilt and sin Mm -hmm. because of who you are in Christ. Yeah. He talks about like the salvation as, as an inheritance. Inheritance is not something like if you inherit something, it's because you're a child of someone. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't earn an inheritance. Right. And so it, yeah, it's not so much about, yeah, do, do the things so that you might obtain the benefits. Right. It's you've, you've received the benefits. So I, I know we've beat down on the whole Jehovah's witness thing enough, but to that, to that point, the flyer that we got in the mail, the watchtower that we got in the mail mm-hmm. had a four step method. It did allow me to butcher them and you can correct them. In essence, it said this, have someone tell you Mm -hmm. what it is you're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. read the Bible Mm -hmm. so that you know even more about what you're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. do all the things that you're supposed to do, hope for the best. That's essentially it. That was the four-step method on how to find yourself in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make God happy by doing good things. Right. And Ephesians says... You have been set apart before the foundations of the world as children of God because that's what he want, what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And so live as children of God. Yeah. You not, were... not you will become mm-hmm. or earn your way into, gain the status of, mm-hmm. but this is who you are. Yeah. So live that way. He says it explicitly in chapter two, right? You were dead, but God being rich in mercy saved you by grace through faith. It's not your own doing. Right. So this whole idea that the things that we do are going to in some way contribute to or earn us our right standing with God are it's just folly. Mm-hmm. And and it's explicit it's explicitly uh denied. By grace through faith. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and so and we've been reconciled and brought into this unity with one another. So we're united with Christ. And with one another, Jew and Gentile in this. Right. Right. And Paul wants them to be strengthened in their faith and to understand the, the greatness of God's love. There's that, that beautiful passage in, in chapter three, like what is the, the length and breadth and height right. and depth, right? He, he wants them to be strengthened in faith and to grow in knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that will, that will 
keep them on track. Not that they, not that it's like, oh, if you don't know this well enough, you're in danger. It's like, no, knowing this and appreciating this and being strengthened in this will just give you that assurance and affirmation that like you are God's children, his people. Yeah. Laziness has caused us to develop this very common position that if we learn too much about the person of God and about the Bible, we will stop loving him Mm. and we will lose faith. Mm -hmm. You become educated out of your faith, Mm -hmm. right? That only works if God himself is not beautiful. Mm. You wouldn't say to someone, uh, be careful how well you know your spouse, mm-hmm. right? I mean, get her name down, maybe remember your anniversary, <laughs> but you're not going to like her anymore if you know her. Mm. What a slap in the face. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right? I mean, yeah, along the way, in a human perspective, you can say things like, oh, if you listen to that song too many times, you won't, you'll despise it. Mm. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Things get overplayed on the radio. As you get to know a spouse, you understand they also have hangups and sins Mm -hmm. and it it can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. That's what Lindsay tells me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But the, but, but the thing is that's because those are temporal mm -hmm. broken things. God is holy. Mm -hmm. He's infinite and perfect. And so the more we know about him, the more good we find about him. Yeah. We only continue going deeper and deeper down the rabbit trail Mm -hmm. of the goodness of, of God. Mm -hmm. He is not like those other things. And so we cannot use those other things as examples. So Paul says, keep learning about him. I, I, I was in that camp before. I I know I've said this too many times, but at one point I was like, well, I have to get seminary degrees in order to do, get the credential Mm -hmm. that I need to go forward. And that's what it was to me. And the deeper I got into studies, the more in love with God, the more in love with his word, mm-hmm. and the more value I placed on learning mm-hmm. because it's the opposite. The more you know, the more you want to know. Mm-hmm. The more you see, the more beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like the things of this world, mm-hmm. and, and that has to change, and Paul's calling them out of that. He's saying, look full on in the face of God and mm. see it for what it is. Yeah, Search it. That's awesome. Yeah, Ephesians 4, one body, one spirit, called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. We're in this together. Yeah. Yeah, we really are. And we really have to rediscover this. I, I mean, I, I've, I've said this before, I know multiple times, but like Christianity is not a solo sport. Like we have to, we have to understand as we, as we walk this path of discipleship um, together. I mean, we, we really have to keep that in mind that like we, we share so much, right? And in our hyper-individualistic cultures, we become these islands into ourselves and we have to, we have to break down those barriers in the church. This has to be a place that is, that is counter-cultural in that regard because, right. because we are, we're all, we're part of one, like one body. How, how like what other image could be more poignant than that to 
to be like, we need to rely on one another. We need mm-hmm. to serve one another. We need to work together. We need to sometimes compensate for the weakness of another. Right. Right. Like when I had major surgery on my right leg, what was required of me is like, there was a time where I, re- my left leg had to compensate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or sometimes, or if I was using crutches or whatever, like my arms had to get involved, right. To make up for something that was, that was weak and hurting in that point in time. And we need to view one another that same way that we don't just like cut people off. Like, Oh, well this, you know, this, I sprained my ankle, so I'm just going to cut my foot off. Right. Right. Because they're, they're weak. Yeah. And when people do the whole, like, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I can be a Christian and do my own thing. Right. Like you can, you can make the argument, Hey, you know what? If, if the right leg wasn't there, we've proven that the body will compensate and it'll be fine Mm. without me. Right. But you know what? Your body supplies life Mm -hmm. to that limb Mm -hmm. and it's not fine without the body. Mm -hmm. It dies. Yeah. Right. And so, so I, I think this is more than we all have our own gifts and abilities. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. This is about dependency on each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I think we've maybe over-familiarized ourselves with this image as to say we all have our different things. Mm. Some people are drummers, some people are guitar players, and we all come together and make music. Mm. It's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. This is about survival mm-hmm. and sustain being sustained by one another mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and in that in that unity as a new body your new creation don't get stuck where you used to be put off mm-hmm. your old self right put put away all of these things don't grieve the spirit um, avoid the corrupting behaviors and patterns of this world um, walk in love, right? And then he gets into the discussion, the household stuff, right? Wives and husbands. And uh, and this is, the call is significant, right? For both wives and husbands. Right. As we already mentioned, the whole submit thing, you can't submit to someone you don't agree with. This is, it's hard. Yeah, it's not just when they're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, granted, that has its end when it becomes sure, something yeah. that is anti-gospel. Sure, yeah. I think Paul is assuming believing couples. Yeah, well, he's already instructed that that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. Um, yeah, but but to look at your marriage as a metaphor, mm-hmm. right? Like, a, a lot of people look at this and they're like, there's vulnerability on the wife's part mm-hmm. um, in this. And too many men... Mm. have taken advantage of that. That's true. Right? And so I I get that mm-hmm. 100%. Like, I'm not going to not acknowledge that. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to say to a woman, like, hey, this is, um, that's his privilege. Right. And so your job is to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's not at all the case. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul is telling us how things should be. Mm-hmm. This is how it should be. And the weight, the weight put on the man in this metaphor is like okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a metaphor. It's gonna be a play, and we're gonna act out Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. Your job, be Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, so any man, and this is another thing I'll point out in this. In neither scenario, is it the responsibility of the other to make sure they're holding up their part. Hmm. Right. So Paul says to the man love her as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. Mm-hmm. 
He doesn't say, and make sure that she submits to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And he doesn't say to the wife, mm-hmm. submit to your husband out of love the same way you would submit to Christ. Mm. And make sure that he's holy enough to your approval. Right. Right? But he's meeting this that is standard. A, this is about us doing what we've been called to do. Mm-hmm. And not about making sure that other people are mm-hmm. doing that as mm-hmm. well. Or conditioning our obedience based on someone else first being obedient. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, does that have an, a degree where it becomes more than is, than is right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. Right? So, you know, a wife submitting to a husband who is cheating on her, mm-hmm. physically abusive, there mm-hmm. is, because your hearts are hardened, mm-hmm. allowance for divorce, Yeah, right? Those things do yep. exist. Yeah. But the goal that we're striving for is this. Mm-hmm. That's what's being said here. Mm-hmm. This is what we're reaching for. Oh, is that? That is that's the you? wife that I'm called to love as Christ loves the church. Did you just hang up on I her? I just hung up on her. Everyone, <laughs> everyone just heard you hang up She's on your wife. She's going to hear this. She's going to hear this. Um, that's okay. She'll get a good laugh out of it later. Uh, after that, we have the whole armor of God. Yeah. Um, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, people. Right. That, like, again, we said this before, but, like, we really got to hammer this home. The enemies of the church are not the temporal things of this world. And they're not even the individuals who are opposing the church. It is right. the, the lies of the enemy that they have bought into. Right. That is the that is what is wrong. That is what we fight against. That's what we stand against. We have to rightly divide those things. Absolutely. Right. That's we and I struggle with that. I do struggle with that, right? Yeah. Here's a practical approach to that. Mm. Instead of wishing them dead, you could love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. Because what you see in them is that they have been trapped and lied to. They are victims. Mm-hmm. And that is why they're coming against the things of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even better than praying that whatever evil plans they have against you might be thwarted, pray that they might be redeemed in Christ and become allies and join in the body. As Paul himself did. Right? As Yeah, exactly. And, and I would, lastly, just because we have to wrap up, the armor of God thing, putting on all of these... God has God has gifted us with disciplines and resources to draw us near to him. Mm-hmm. On sunny days when all is good, we say, no, those are the things I'll keep in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And when times get tough, I will lean on those things. But sometimes what happens is when people lean on those things in tough times, it's not enough. And they think, what happened? Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. You can't wait until you get shot to put on your armor. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't be walking through the battlefield like, oh, I just took an arrow to the chest. I better put on my breastplate. <laughs> yeah, and to take the analogy further, like if you know anything about armor, it requires care. Yeah. It requires attention. Right. right. It re- it requires like you can't it's not the kind of thing that you can just leave in a corner and expect to be in good condition when you it's been neglected for significant amounts of time mm-hmm. right yeah and, and there's there's a desire in us and some will even go so far as to teach mm-hmm. um that we would want to say god don't come against me mm-hmm. 
uh, or, or don't let things come against me, not God don't come against me, but, mm. but don't allow things to come against me. And if I'm walking in righteousness, there's nothing that Satan can do to come against me. Mm. Um, and so I'm perfectly protected. That's not what Paul is teaching. Paul says, Satan and this world will come against you. Know that it will come against you. And you don't put on the armor of God to prevent things from coming against you, but to protect you when it does. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Highlights? Uh, highlights. Go first. Okay. I'm going to have to think about mine this. Is, m- mine is just purely just kind of a, a funny one. So in Acts chapter 20, Paul is preaching. And he's just going on and on and on. Um, and it's like after midnight at this point. And there's a young man named Eutychus who's sitting in a window and falls asleep as Paul talked still longer. <laughs> and he falls from a third story window. Right. And they assume he, they're just like, he's dead. Like, can you imagine? I mean, it's one thing. It's one thing to have someone fall asleep during a sermon. Um, I, I haven't noticed it happening at Memorial, but I remember when I worked at camp, some of our, the campers that I would teach to, would, mm-hmm. you know, they're 14 and they're working at camp and they didn't sleep and they, I'm going to go with that. They didn't have sleep and that I wasn't just super boring. I'm going to stick with that, that angle. Okay. Whatever helps you sleep. But yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, fall asleep. So that, I mean, that's embarrassing enough. That's, you know, disheartening enough, but this guy falls asleep so deeply that he falls out of a window and it looks like he's dead. Like, I mean, it assumes he's dead. Um, and then Paul goes down and takes him up. He's like, oh, no, he's good. He's fine. Don't worry about him. <laughs> and then goes back up. Finishes the sermon. And finishes it. Yeah, right. he's not like, he's like, all right, well, take five, everyone. I got to go he- raise this guy from the dead. I'll be back and we'll finish this sermon. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Yeah, as I was saying, right? Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, I, th- I think when, when Paul and the crew land on the island of Malta. Mm, okay. And there's the issue with the snake that comes out of the fire and bites him. Yeah. There is, there is at the end of Mark, remember the, the short ending of Mark, that has like all of this peculiar stuff about what's going to happen. Serpent's will. Serpent's will, right? And so we look and we're like, oh, there's going to be healing and snake handling. And, and there's a whole group of church in Appalachian <laughs> uh, area that, that actually believe like if you handle a snake and it bites you and you die, it's because you're not really a believer yeah. and people come in and out of faith, right? They believe you can fall out of your faith. And so one of the tests that they will do is that pastors will drink poison and handle vipers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> when I maintain that, uh, that much of that on the healing, the poisons, the snakes and all that kind of stuff was for this era Mm-hmm. That where the scripture was being written mm-hmm. and proclaimed through the apostles mm-hmm. to show that the message of Christ did have power, but now has ceased. Mm-hmm. I think that is a highlighted area where we see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That the end of Mark in some ways prophesies what happens to Paul mm-hmm. on the island of Malta. God miraculously preserves his apostles until their task is completed. Right. And does through them miracles. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. order to have them preserve for us the words of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as instruction going in the future. Yeah. So I think that's a theological highlight. It's great. So, wow. We kept it under an hour. Only if I read quickly. Thanks for listening. The podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker.
Bye, everybody. Bye.